From all the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus. Double your money before you even place a bet. All you have to do is sign up and deposit using my exclusive promo code ZABE at MyBookie. Tons of great games and prop bets are always fun. Take advantage this week, but let me point you in the right direction for your first wager. Saturday, the NBA is jam-packed with big games that look good for betting overs. The Charlotte Hornets taking on the Hawks, plus a superstar showdown between Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard when Philadelphia travels to Portland. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning big today. That's promo code ZABE to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, so much for the L.A. debut of one Odell Beckham Jr. Andy Poland joins me to discuss the violent world of Sam Huff and his now more peaceful transition to a better place. Who wants a giant Reese's Cup for Thanksgiving? Ooh, ooh, me! Adele haters wish she was still fat and a whole lot more. Your 40-minute uncensored ZABE Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, 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 oh. Tuesday, November 16, 2021. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. As I speak, it is an absolute beat down by the bay. San Francisco 31, the Los Angeles Rams 7. So much for adding Odell Beckham Jr. So much for adding Von Miller. If the Rams are all in, And they're going to play like this? (laughs) What a waste of money. Now, I'm not blaming tonight on Odell Beckham Jr., but it's kind of coincidental, don't you think? Odell Beckham Jr. gets added, team lays an egg. One of the first plays of the game, they try to force it deep. Stafford tries to go deep. Beckham is down there. He's turning left. He's turning right. He's like, what am I doing here? It was one of those plays that was like, yeah, You're trying to get him going. And it just got the game off on the wrong foot. Now, they've been getting their ass whooped up one side of the field and down the other. Somehow, amazingly, Cooper Cup, with still a quarter to go, actually less than half a quarter to go, has 10 catches for 97 yards in the blowout. But as of now, Odell Beckham Jr., two catches, 18 yards, and that's about. Meanwhile, the Packers get good news as well on the injury front. As good as you could have hoped, Whitney Merciless, out for the year. That's the worst of it. Biceps injury, torn biceps. That is a brutal one. However, Aaron Jones, only a mild MCL sprain or strain. More on that in a second. He's expected to only be out maybe two weeks. They might want to rest him just a bit longer just to be extra safe if A.J. Dillon has got it going on. Meanwhile... The worst injury, at least the worst one visually of the game, Rashawn Gary getting his arm bent back. He says he's going to try to tape it up, brace it up, shoot it up, and play with it anyway this week. Wow. These football players play in in an amount of pain that is hard to even imagine. 
So when it comes to all this stuff regarding injuries, here's an email from my friend Brian Koch, MD, K-O-C-H, Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance, the TOA. He writes to say, listen to today's podcast. Wanted to clear up the differences between sprain, strain, and tear. Typically a sprain refers to a ligament injury, bone-to-bone attachment. A strain is usually a muscle or tendon injury like quadriceps or hamstring. A tear can occur in either situation. Tears can be complete or partial or different grading systems exist in the orthopedic nomenclature. Nomenclature, nomenclature, depending on the torn structure. Clear as mud, right? (laughs) Yes, thank you, doctor. Exactly. Let me know if I can be of any assistance with orthopedic or sports medicine questions at any time. Two side notes. One is that I appreciate you still getting a podcast out today after a late game at Lambeau, and I agree with a higher quality product later in the day. Second is that I've got a good friend with four club-level season ticks at Lambeau, may be able to hook you up at some point if you don't already have some with your gig in Milwaukee. Keep up the good work. Brian Koch, MD, Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance. Yeah, file that one in my back pocket there. I might need your friend to hook me up. Club seats. I like the club seats. Okay, I don't understand strain, sprain, or tear any better than I do or did yesterday. So there's that. This one from Nick Taco. Nick Taco, T-O-C-C-O. Hello, Steed. Regarding Evan Foxy Fox... I'm a loyal one percenter here, and thanks for putting out fresh, high-level content. Listeners frustrated at late or missed day really should re-examine their lives. I know. I, I don't do it because they're going to get mad at me. I do it because I feel like I'm letting myself down. It's a commitment. It's an obsession now. Anyway, love your shows on the game and the Zabecast, but if you need load management, I'd say take it. I'd rather miss a couple of, a couple of those not to have you burn out and stop doing it altogether. No, that's not going to happen. Anyway, I digress. I listened to the Pat McAfee show, and Foxy is from Michigan. He's a diehard Lions and diehard Sparty fan. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the show and the rebirth of the old gang on Thursdays with Lynn and Solly. Take care, Nick Taco. Thank you, Nick. T-O-C-C-O. Taco, taco, taco time. Taco Tuesday. I bet he hadn't heard that, huh? John, John G. I'll leave his last name out of it because you know how sensitive people are now. Miscellaneous roundup of stuff, he writes. Last week when you were talking about the OSHA rules and how late they were, Zabe, that was on purpose. See, you cannot file a court challenge against a press statement, only against actual regulation or action. This administration purposely made the announcement for the vaccine mandate, threatened huge fines against companies to get them to jump and mandate it to their employees. And then they didn't publish the regulation so you couldn't be challenged in court on it. When Trump would do an executive order on anything, immigration, visas, you name it, they would immediately have a judge issue an injunction within a day or two, which is what has happened here. The lawyers have clearly drafted this document anticipating every single Legal challenge, which makes you feel great as a citizen who pays taxes and gets to vote once a year for these elected assholes to try to have a society that is not completely fucking corrupt. Am I swearing now? I guess I am. Anyway, don't stop doing the You Are Looking Live segment. Maybe it's just reflex and nostalgia, but it makes my Friday. And you got to use the Brent soundbite. When you were just saying the line, it wasn't the same. Well, I have been using the Brent one lately. 
I don't care about your picks. Never really took them seriously when you, Scott, and Sally were doing the broadcast. It was just fun to listen to. Okay. Finally, you said, I heard you use the phrase, the simulation is winking at us. This happens to be a favorite phrase of one Scott Adams, a.k.a. the guy who did Dilbert. Do you listen to the Scott Adams podcast? He has a lot of very interesting insights, but I will disagree with him about 25% of the time. You and him are the only podcast I listen to every episode of. Oh, yeah, that is exactly where I got that from, although I think other people have mentioned the simulation or talking about the simulation, quote-unquote, winking. Scott Adams lost me, and I was really, I listened to him a lot. Every day I listened to him, I think it was on his, not TikTok, not Instagram, Periscope? Is that possible? Start of the pandemic? Spring of 2020? And he was very compelling to listen to, said a lot of things. I was like, all right, yeah, I feel you. But then he lost me. He lost me on a couple of things, which made me go, okay, these are disqualifying opinions for being intelligent. And I think Scott Adams is neurotic. I think he is very smart in certain ways, but I think he is, I think he's a little bit neurotic. And he disqualified himself two things. One was early in the pandemic when it looked like hydroxychloroquine might be the magic bullet against the virus. He did some research and found out that the majority of the drug's ingredient was made off like the coast of Madagascar or some other country, wherever. And that's where the production was of this drug. And he starts going down the line of, well, you know, what would stop America from sending some warships down there and just taking over the production of hydroxychloroquine? I mean, it wouldn't be the most polite thing to do, but it might actually be the right move. And, you know, I'm just like... Are you fucking kidding me? Okay. And he always couches things in like, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, which some people accuse me of. The other thing was he said about Bill Gates. He's like, you know, Bill Gates is smart. What has he gotten wrong over the last 20 years or however many years? He's, you know, like, what what has he been wrong about? And I'm like, holy fuck, are you serious? First of all, Bill Gates has not innovated. He's really not even the computer business anymore. And the entanglement of the Gates World Health Foundation and Big Pharma and these vaccines, it's absolutely sinister. And who the fuck is he to know anything about public health or vaccines? He's a computer guy that made a half-decent piece of software 30 years ago or longer and hasn't done shit since. Oh, and he's a friend of... You know, the late Jeffrey Epstein. Thank you very much. Uh, someone pointed out Ghislaine Maxwell, his former beau, appeared in court the other day. Didn't look so good. And I'm like, well, of course she's not going to look good. She's been in solitary. The woman's hanging on by a thread. So I, uh, I eventually dumped out of uh, Scott Adams. And I'm like, yeah, no, you, you've, you've disqualified yourself with a couple of statements that made me go, hmm. I think I'm getting dumber listening to you, which I try not to do myself. I hope you don't feel like that about me, but if you disagree or think I'm being dumb, then fine. Finally, this one from Paul Adames regarding big-time college football programs. He writes, Zabe, you asked a few weeks ago and again on today's podcast, what's wrong with big-time college football programs who cannot get their shit together? I can speak as an out-of-the-womb 
Texas Longhorn fan, and my family there and daughter is there at Texas Tech. Boosters are the problem. For Texas, it's a catch-22, though. The boosters who want to control the football program and decide on head coaches are the same ones you need to pay out 15 to 20 million a year to guys like Charlie Strong, who always looked lost and overwhelmed, and Tom Herman, $20 million, same. You know, Nick Saban, he writes, went to Texas before the Herman hire. The checkbook was wide open for his asking price, and he was offered the job. As we know now, he said, no thanks. Most, though, are not sure why. Saban stated at the time he did not want to answer to the 10 to 15 big money boosters who run the program. He then stated that when the same thing happened, at Alabama, Saban told them, I'm in charge. I make all the football decisions. Stay the hell out. Alabama Booster smartly said, okay, coach. And the rest is history. Why, why it was tempting for us to uh, want to insert ourselves in, you know, benign ways and suggesting to Coach Saban perhaps a certain five-star recruit. At quarterback, wide receiver from one of our fine high schools in the Deep South, but uh, we, we left it up to him. And I must say the results so far have been more than satisfactory. All right. Manning cast tonight, ah, it's okay. I like it. It's okay. I think what I like about the Manning cast more than anything, it's not the Levy cast. The main broadcast is simply unredeemable. It assaults you, your senses, your sensibilities. It, it just cannot be saved. So thank God for the Mannings when they are on because it spares us from having to suffer, at least me at least, the Levy cast. From all the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus. Double your money before you even place a bet. All you have to do is sign up and deposit using my exclusive promo code ZABE at MyBookie. Tons of great games and prop bets are always fun. Take advantage this week, but let me point you in the right direction for your first wager. Saturday, the NBA is jam-packed with big games that look good for betting overs. The Charlotte Hornets taking on the Hawks, plus a superstar showdown between Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard when Philadelphia travels to Portland. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning big today. That's promo code ZABE to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's check in with old Andrew Poland. What do you say, kids? Hello. Hello, Andy. May I ask by ask let me start by asking you a simple question. Are you superstitious or as Michael Scott once said, a little stitious? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a pretty good act. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty okay. good way to describe it. If yeah. you're a little stitious, may I posit the following theory? Okay. It is not coincidence that on the day that the great Sam Huff passes away, the remnants of his former team, the Washington football team, goes out and defeats a heavy favorite, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I think there may be something to that, yes. Little tiny bit right there. I bet, and I am not there in D.C. now, so I've not been able to sample the airwaves. I bet that there is hope that has risen anew with this victory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) kind of the way things go. Um, And, uh, yeah, you know, this performance that they had, it came out of nowhere because there really, to me anyway, wasn't a real indication that this was coming. Ron right. Rivera says it was, but I didn't see it. And, uh, yeah, they played as complete a game as they have played in years. And, you know, this was kind of like the way it was in the old days where they dominated time of possession, they played good defense, they put it away with the running game. It uh, was unlike anything else we've seen in a long, long time. I'm looking at your Twitter timeline. Rick Doc Walker. Andy, this was the gut check we needed to see. <laughs> Now we know what's possible. Let's see how much dog they have in their heart. Well, I I, I put something out to him because Doc is big on next man up. Yeah. You know, that's always the way he felt. Like, who cares who got hurt? You're on the team. Step in and play. That's your job. And that's what happened. Uh, Guys got hurt and backups came in and played well. Yeah. Well, there was that element to it. And then there's the Heineke angle, which – I said yesterday, you know, they might have to take a longer look at him because they got no other options at quarterback. Well, I think what it gives them for next year is that they don't have to necessarily bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick if they don't find the absolute guy that they want in free agency or the draft. He, he gives them that luxury, I think. Okay, but beyond that, I mean, he's no. not your answer, right? That's no, pretty no. clear. Yeah, he's he does not have really a pro arm. He he can make some plays. Uh, he works hard. Uh, the team seems to rally around him, but a lot of things have to go right for him to win a game like happened yesterday. Yeah. Like Brady's got to have one of the worst games he's oh, played, yeah. and, and and the defense uh, for Tampa Bay, which had been great against the run. Now they only gave up ninety four yards rushing. But to allow Washington to march down the field and eat up ten and a half minutes at a crucial point in the game, I mean, that was really ridiculous. 
That was a that was amazing. So this is all it takes to put a little bit of air in the balloon, and we'll see what happens this week. Who's next up for Washington? Carolina and Cam Newton. That's, Come on, that's right. I forgot. It's the it's the Cam Carolina reunion. Can you refresh my memory as to how Cam and Rivera separated down there? Well, uh, Cam got hurt in Rivera's last year got and it. didn't finish the season, and then Rivera left for Washington, and then uh, I guess Cam Newton wasn't renewed by Carolina, and that's when he spent his year with uh, Bill Belichick in New England. Didn't he once bench Cam for something like inappropriate attire on the bus? Yeah, yeah which is Which is, which is ironic now, given the way he loves to, to shine <laughs> in terms of his wardrobe. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he was, it was, uh, you know, Ron Rivera, military guy, you know, trying to exert some discipline. And uh, I don't know how well it worked. I don't even remember what happened in the game. Did they win? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a, it was a Seattle game and it was quite noteworthy. I thought it was like, oh, wow. He's really laying down the law. I just, uh, I didn't like how Rivera said, you know, you just took down a Goliath. And I'm thinking, (laughs) you're an NFL team too, you know. Like, this can happen on any given week. The problem is you've had three of these days and six of the other days, right? They're three and six now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So it's all a matter of adding it up. Uh, I hope that they get some traction, but at best, they're a seven-win team this year. Probably. Ain't going to get you in, even though the seventh seed right now is Carolina. The seventh seed right now in the playoffs is Carolina. But they got two games with Dallas still to go. Then they got another one with Philadelphia at Philly, and Philly's playing well. So you know there, there's a there's a lot now. They they say, well, look, the opportunity is there for us because we have these five division games at the end of the year, which is true. But also that can be what snuffs them out. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to the other story, which was Sam Huff passing away at yeah. age. What age was it? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. He had since uh, been taken off the broadcast many years too late, given his uh, increasingly uh, what's the word I'm looking for, his increasing decline mentally. Let's put it that way. And he he stayed on too long. Yeah. yeah, He was diagnosed with dementia in 2013, but there were signs of it earlier. And when did he get taken off the broadcast? His last year, I think was 2012, the Robert Griffin year. Yeah. Yeah, So it was getting worse and worse. Um, And, you know, he he lived another seven, eight years out of the spotlight, lived in in Middleburg, out in course country, Mm -hmm. not far from where the monogamous compound is in a less chic zip code. I can assure you of that. Um, (laughs) But he was so iconic in the shape and scope of professional football in America. Tell tell kids who are sitting on your virtual lap right now what (laughs) Sam Huff meant to football. Well, you know, he was the first defensive star. And when it really mattered, when, when you got magazines at your house, and if you don't know what a magazine is, ask your dad or your grandfather. Uh, but, but Time Magazine, to be on the cover of Time Magazine in 1959 was a, a really big deal. And then the following year, he became like the first football reality star, like 40 years before they did Hard Knocks. He did something called The Violent World of Sam Huff, which right. was narrated by Walter Cronkite on CBS. And you can actually find it on YouTube. And you see that they put in the back of his shoulder pads a battery pack, which is the size of like an old cassette tape. And they somehow, you know, cut out some area in the shoulder pads and slammed it in there. And then they had a microphone, which was the size of like a Sharpie. 
right? And they put it in the front of the pads. And for an exhibition game, they mic'd them up. That's and amazing. This is yeah. Now this is remember the the Hank Stram miking up uh, for the Super Bowl. That was ten years later. That's probably the most famous. You know, matriculate the ball down the field, boys. You know, pop it in there, rats. You know, that a boy, Lenny. All those things that, right. that from we saw for NFL films. That was 1970. This was 1960, and there were only three channels then. And people watched this, and that made Sam Huff a star. Uh, you know, people who weren't even big football fans got an understanding of what the game of football was all about from watching this. Right. Now, there is uh, a lot of stories flying around right now in the wake of Sam's passing. Some of them are not even close to being on point accurate. They're wildly exaggerated. But we know of a couple firsthand that are 100% true because we had colleagues who worked in the broadcast booth as producers and as mm-hmm. hosts and as color commentators that knew Sam Huff well. Tell the story that was relayed by Chris Johnson about <laughs> Sam Huff wanting to kick Sal Palantonio's ass. Yeah, Sal had done uh, either a book or he'd done a story about uh, overrated players and said Sam was overrated. So they're they're traveling to the game and Sam is really worked up about confronting Sal. Like he's gonna he's gonna punch him out. Now you know Sam's at this point in his sixties, maybe seventies, and uh, and he 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 wants to get at Sal because he's really angry about this. And he hears Sal's voice. And according to what Chris said, and Chris was a, uh, the producer, Chris Johnson, uh, Sam got out of his seat <laughs> with his fists up ready to go right and he said no 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 you're just hearing his voice on television it's there in the background he's not in the booth <laughs> and and uh, yeah look i i did uh in the early days of wtem when we first started the station and there was no you know, network feed or anything like that and we had to do 24 hours a day of live programming i did a number of shows with sam and sam at that point was in his late 50s and i don't think he thought he could play a full game but I think he knew he could get out there for one play and hit somebody. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how he was. That's uh, a remarkable guy and, and, a, and a sweetheart, a prince off the field once he yeah. had stopped playing. And, and when he teamed up with Sonny Jurgensen uh, to sort of be the, 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 the frick in the frack, the offense and the defense opposite Frank Herzog, from what year to what year was that radio broadcast for the Washington Redskins? Well, Sam actually started in the booth in 1975 with, with Mal Campbell. And, who? Uh, yeah, Mal Campbell was, was the voice of the team uh, for uh, several years. Uh, he had, he'd come on uh, in the midst of maybe 72, 73, something like that. And then he stayed until Dan Lovett, who worked for the television station, was the sportscaster as a radio and television combined, the ABC. So he did the games for a couple of years and then uh, made a very bad mistake of, of taking off to attend a wedding. And uh, Frank Herzog filled in and oh. took over for the next 25 years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Really? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, uh, I think I have the timeline right. From 78 until through the 1980 season, it was just Frank and Sam. And then Sonny, who had gone from playing, he retired after 74 and worked for CBS for uh, five or six years and uh, was teamed up with a number of people, Vern Lundquist at one point. Uh, I think he was with Pat Summerall some. Right. Uh, was not renewed by CBS. 
and his good friend Andy Ocker's house and put him in the booth with Frank and Sam. And as it happened, that's when Joe Gibbs came and the magic happened for the next, what, 12, 13 years as they were a great yeah. team with him. They so, were a great yeah. team. It helped that the team itself was great. Right. Because if they were perennially 6-11 and 11, uh, or 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, whatever, I don't think we would have enjoyed them nearly as much. It would have been like, yeah, the team sucks and there's a couple old Redskins on there, but who cares? I'm <laughs> yeah, going exactly. to rank leaves. I'm going yeah, shopping. And, no, they, they were so popular that it became the thing to, and I guess in those days that it synced up, was the idea was to turn down this volume on your TV set and turn up Sonny, Sam, and Frank. Yeah. Do you think we'll get to the point where eventually teams don't have – home play-by-play voices on radio uh, in the I don't NFL? Know. Uh, no. I say. I mean, you, you know. Still, still... You still want your hometown guys that know the team better than the network guys who get airdropped in, and they do as much research as they can, some better than others, but they don't really know your team. Yeah, and I, I don't – so what you're saying is you think you could have possibly a national broadcast on radio for every team? I just don't – I you know, these are – anything that I like and is wonderful, Andy, <laughs> I am already writing the fucking obit for it. <laughs> Whether it's shopping malls or movie theaters. <laughs> hey, you know, I saw something. Speaking of movie theaters, uh, the movie passed. Remember this, that they, they rolled this out for, for like $10 a month. You could watch unlimited movies. And, uh, yeah, and they went through like a hundred million dollars in like a matter of months and, uh, declared bankruptcy. Uh Well now, now as the movie industry is making its way back after the pandemic, is it making uh, its way back? Well, they're, they're still, they're still showing movies (laughs) in theaters now. There's a number of clothes, but they're still doing it. Right. Uh, I read that the, the former owners bought their old company out of bankruptcy for fourteen thousand dollars, really, and they're and they're hoping to relaunch next year uh, wow. in another form. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'd be cool. See, I have been eagerly looking ahead to some holiday movies. I love this mm-hmm. time of year to right. get into that nesting mode and go into a nice warm theater and watch a movie, be entertained. And I looked at the upcoming movies on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like. There's nothing I want to see. Holy shit. Nothing with stars. Nothing that looks exciting. I mean, maybe one or two, but that's about it. Yeah. You know, I find myself now watching these series that go on like uh, Showtime and HBO and Netflix, and they're pretty good. And, you know, you get like, you know, eight shows, sometimes 10 shows per season. It's, It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, Adele, did you watch her music special with Oprah on Sunday night? No, I just read something where they said uh, she didn't lose her voice when she lost all that weight. But no, I did not uh, did not see it. All right, you're a guy who has successfully lost weight. Not a ton, but you've definitely trimmed down from your mm-hmm. more plump stage. Adele is now getting shit from people saying that... <laughs> She's essentially fat shaming people just because she got skinny. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's jealousy. You know, I, I mean, that is. isn't that the most bullshit attitude to have ever? Shouldn't we all be like, "Way to go!" And if you can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it's, and she looks totally different. Uh, and she's, she's isn't she isn't she dating Chris Paul or or, or, Chris, or uh, the agent? Yeah, the agent for you know, former for agent for LeBron. For, yeah, yeah, LeBron's agent. Oh, they're quite the interracial power couple. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's almost like she looks like a t- totally different person. Yeah. And, you know, not that, you know, we necessarily match her up with certain people, but it's like, hmm, how did those two get together? Like, they come seem to come from different worlds, yeah. you know. Do you think John Gruden is going to get to upend a lot of shit in the NFL with his lawsuit? Um, I think what he's doing is he's working towards a settlement because I think – What's going to happen is the NFL is not going to want this to get to discovery in court. And, oh, no. and so they'll meet his price to shut up and go away. And uh, Peter King had a note in there. He said that uh, he had talked to somebody who was close to Gruden, and Gruden understands that he's never going to get back in the NFL, and this is just something he's doing for revenge. And It's right out of the Al Davis playbook because he used to sue Pete Rozelle all the time and you know, talked about, you know, the Soviet, uh, however he put it, the Soviet, uh, you know. <laughs> so however. a Soviet-style uh, uh, yeah. per, uh, personality assassination or we're, we're, character yeah. assassination, assassination? That's what it is, yeah, yeah character yeah, yeah. assassination, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope I hope there is discovery. I'd love to know what's in oh, those other emails. God but man. I don't, I, we I don't all? think it's going to happen. I think the NFL, the owners will get together and say, what's his price? <laughs> what's the shut-up money? Yeah, but have you said? Have you followed any of the uh, St. Louis lawsuit, which has actually got the owners a little bit nervous? Now, this is this is Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Now, maybe I don't don't understand this completely, but he had agreed of a relocation fee and moved the team from St. Louis to Los Angeles of, was it $500 million, right? And now he doesn't want to pay it? Is it do I have the, the facts on this right, or am I, I totally Yes. Off? No, I think you, you've got the basic shape of it. What I understand is... They knew they were on shaky legal ground getting out of St. Louis, mm-hmm. but the allure of California was too strong, and they are like, fuck it, we're going to do it. What are they going to do? Sue us? We'll figure mm-hmm. it out later in court. Well, apparently they're on the hook potentially if they lose for hundreds of millions of dollars, and Kroenke apparently promised the NFL, don't worry, I got it. Like a mm-hmm. dinner check he promised to pick up. And then you mm-hmm. see how much every Sambuca was and how much the dessert and the appetizers. <laughs> you're like, holy shit. I thought you were going to pick this up. And Kroenke's like, well, we could split it. We're a large group. And they're like, no, that's not the fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had heard that he was so rich that they said, okay, it's a $500 million relocation fee, and you have 10 years to pay it out. And he said, never mind, I'll write a check right now. I guess he never got around to writing that check. No, I guess he never did. Tonight's Manning cast came and went. I, I, I talked about it before uh, you came on here. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a phenomenon that someone is going to try to copy, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and will and it probably, work? No, no, because the, the chemistry between them is too good. Sure. And, and, and Peyton is just really, really good. And, and what's unexpected to me is how good Eli plays the second banana. He's right. really good at well, that, it. I didn't expect that. He's had a lifetime of practice. <laughs> I, I know, but, but, but the chemistry is just perfect. And, yeah, somebody will try and recreate it. Actually, I, I mean, I find it incredibly compelling. I love it. Um, and, and if they did more of it and if they got the right chemistry, why not? Why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, yeah, I, I think the secret sauce to me in the Manning cast is they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They literally have fuck you money, fuck you attitude, fuck you royalty. So they're doing this as just sort of a hobby. You give right. this to any other ex-athlete, a guy who might be a little bit more desperate to kind of make the money, build the money, and they fall into cliche speak, and they're going to start getting guarded about what they can and can't say. The Mannings don't roll that way. 
No, no, they, they don't. And, and they're not auditioning for anything because right. uh, especially with Peyton, executives are at their his doorstep every day asking him, we do money on football. You do Sunday night football. Can you do that? No, right. not interested. And the price is only going up uh, as the as longer they hold out. The price is going to get more expensive. Right. And, and he gets offered Peyton gets offered head coaching jobs all the time. It's yeah. great to be in demand. It's it's always good to be able to say no. I, oh, that, that yes. is a wonderful, wonderful luxury to have. It sure is. I said no to a single weekend radio shift on WJFK on Saturdays, yeah. and it's like the only it's the only bit of ground in radio in my career, Andy, that I've ever voluntarily given away. Mm-hmm. Like you, I'm a gain ground and hold ground kind of guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's important. You know, you, you gain yeah. a hill. It's so fucking hard in this business, and people want to take it away. You don't give it up. But I gave yeah. it up just because it was such a small sliver of my overall income. And yeah. being on a Saturday morning, it fucked my weekends up. Because right. even right. though I could wake up and I could turn on the mic and do three hours and yada, 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 I thought about the show all Friday afternoon. Because I'm like, right. okay, what am I going to talk about? Have I do, I do I know what the fuck I'm talking about? Do I need to read a few articles about this team or that team? Because I don't want to look stupid. That mm. was always the thing, and it just fucked up my weekend, basically. Yeah, but I, see, I still have uh, the, the Tom Brady thing in me that I'm not going to let the second team guy take reps because, yes. you know, Well, you, you know. go to a wedding, like you said. One wedding, and all of a sudden you're out as a play-by-play yeah. man of an NFL team. Right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, somebody stepped in and did a better job, and they said, no, I think we'll take him. That said, that said, you know, ground lost or ground surrendered could be ground gained on a different hilltop. I've heard some rumors, Andy. Mm -hmm. There could be a daily one-hour podcast between you and me available. Have you heard this rumor? I have, but I haven't heard anything uh, finalized. Well, I haven't either. I think it's still very much in the ether, but I just wanted to throw it out there. Like, would you people listening right now be interested if Andy and I chopped it up for an hour a day and it was available on, let's say, multiple platforms, both live and, well, plausibly live? Hmm? Would that be of interest? I don't know. Would Would you get sick of me again if we did something together every day? Albeit just it's, for an hour. That's the uh, that's the Bob Ryan. His name is on the show is Bob Ryan on the Entourage, and that was his line. Is that something you'd be interested? In? <laughs> is that something you'd be interested? In? <laughs> Remember that show? Did you watch that show? Uh no, oh, I did yeah, not. Was... I I missed Entourage. Everyone was raving about it. It was the it show for a while. I just never. I caught a few episodes, and I was like, I don't get the taste of it. No, that was uh, well. See, my kids are older than yours, but that was family viewing for us at right, the time. That, right. that was a Sunday night thing, or whenever it was on Sunday, I think. Yeah, I, I know your answer to this, mm-hmm. and I, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you ever feel bad turning down somebody trying to sell you something? Yeah, I do. You do from so time to time. Every now and then, okay. I've had two incidents recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One was at Office Max. Mm-hmm. I was fed up with our home printer. Because it's where have I heard this before? <laughs> <laughs> well, this this home printer is a color laser jet and not yeah. inexpensive. The mm-hmm. cartridges for it, oh my god, just you know, know, sign over your firstborn. It's like a hundred and nine dollars per color color cartridge. So you got to mm-hmm. do four of them: cyan, magenta, and the other one blue or green or whatever. And then you've got the black. 
and it's four hundred dollars for the ink. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, that's how they get you. The printer's sixty bucks, and the ink is a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that the, the printer no longer prints properly because it, it the image is all smudged and and there's dropouts on it. And I went to YouTube to try to figure out, okay, can I clean it? What is it? Is it the drum? Is it the roller? And there's videos on there of people taking apart these car these uh, printers. But mm-hmm. holy shit, the the repair on this. And the cleaning on this, I'm like, no way. So I'm just like, I'm going to go get a new printer. That only began, though, my adventure in, okay, what new printer do I want to get into? How many pages per month do I really need? What is the cost per page? Is inkjet technology better now than it was since the last time I had one? Do I really need color? What about the network connectivity, apps, print from your phone? (laughs) So after wandering around... Aimlessly, I finally say, fuck it. I'm getting the cheapest one I can, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Take the printer up to the front of the you know, checkout, and this very kind gentleman, small dude, not American-born, but doing his best to sell, says, can I help you with anything? Do you have any questions about this printer? Now, I was this close-handed going, no, nah, I got it. I'm fine. Whatever. But he got me in with something about, well, you got to get some more ink because they only give you starter ink with the new mm-hmm. printers. Well, that yeah. opened up a whole conversation. And I was like, oh, and he, he pretty much said, this is not a good printer for you. It's mm. not enough volume. I go, okay, well, thank you. So then he walks me through all the options. And as it looks like he's about to sell me a printer, I say, well, I'm going to have to think about this, do more research and go Ooh. run it by the war committee. Let me tell you, Andy. His face was so crestfallen. And I thought to myself, this poor bastard has to sell. Sell to eat at Office Max. And he had me on the hook. And I say, you know what? This is the Office Max I go to. So once I know what's going on, I'll come back. And uh, what's your name? And um, I'll make sure to blah, blah, blah. And he goes, here, here's my card. (laughs) He gave me his card in the Office Max. And I thought, oh. So he's working off commission at Office I Max? I don't think so. I don't think that's possible. It has to be, because why would he have a card? That, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then today at Target, this very sharp-looking young woman, 22, 23, not dressed in Target gear in some sort of fancy business pantsuit, just very cheerily says, hi, sir, how you doing? Can I help you with anything? And I actually did need help. I'm like, I need an Apple TV unit. And then she mm-hmm. starts in on selling me cell phone service. Who do you have right now? And how uh. much are you paying per month? And she's got her iPad out. and She's very slick and very gentle. She's approaching me like a deer that's about to get scared at any moment <laughs> and run away, right? And I don't have the heart to shoot her down right away. Like, no, I got four phones, four lines. I got all these different things going on. I'm not tearing it up and switching it, blah, blah, blah. So I let her go on a bit. And then I've got to let her down and, and break it to her hard to go, look, I'm just not going to switch today. And she's like, yeah. don't worry. I just, you know, I can just pre-authorize you on this special deal we have only going on in the store today only. Oh, of course. Yes, 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 yes. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, that that's her job. I mean, that's, I you know, know. It, that's part of being a salesperson is that you have to accept rejection. And it was not right for you. So I don't think you should feel bad about yeah. that. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, although she was kind of cute. 
kind of hot. Well, she was too young. Uh, she was my uh, daughter's age, so you know I need to yeah, kill my right. jets there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've reached that point. Oh yes. God, yeah, totally. But I tell you what, the, the one thing I left, you know, coming away from that was I go, okay, this gal is going to do things because she's sharpening her teeth. Mm-hmm. She this is toughening her up. Like this will be good for her and whatever she goes on to do next. Right. Um, yeah. Finally, Andy, Steve Summers of your former oh. station, WFAN, has retired. Yeah, well, not necessarily voluntarily, but yes, he has, uh, he has left the building. And, uh, now, I always forget, fact, was Summers the schmoozer or the sweater? No, he's the schmoozer. And uh, to me, he's one of the most important people in this business. Because, because? because when the station started in 1987. WFAN, uh, the first uh, all-sports format station in America, 24-7. Right. Not just a talk show at night and a few games, but 24-7 all-sports. Go ahead. They had the Mets, and uh, they had the talk shows around it 24 hours a day. And they said, well, we're New York City. We have to hire the best national talent. So they hired Jim Lampley. They hired Greg Gumbel, who was not a radio guy. Uh, and they hired Pete Franklin from um, San Francisco. From Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Cleveland, okay. Cleveland, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, they all talked about national sports, and they were getting on guests from all over the country that nobody in New York cared about. And Steve went on at night, and he made it what radio is, a one-on-one medium. He would have this you know, line that he would say a lot, you know, me here, you there, under the covers, late at night, you know. And he related one-on-one to the audience, and he was great at it. And he was funny, and he had a great laugh, and he, he uh, you know, related to the callers really well. And he really, I think, brought the entertainment element into the format that nobody really thought of. You know, it was like, oh, we, we must talk sports. We're sports. We're sports people. No, no, no. He got personal with the audience and uh, had a great run. He had a, a, a 34-year run there. Just incredible. He's how old? He's 74. Uh, I, I met him at the at the organizational meeting that we had about two weeks before we started the station. And he says, uh, this is not going to work. He says, uh, <laughs> you know, he says, we're, we're appealing to only men. What about the women? We've eliminated half the audience. And, uh, you know, well, I, I give it a couple of weeks. That's so funny. You know, I remember one, uh, one thing that the critics were saying when FAN began was, what will they talk about all day long? Yeah, that, exactly. turned out, that turned out to be the least of the problems with sports talk radio. There's always something to talk about. Yeah, there is. And, and uh, they didn't understand that it was taking the conversation that goes on inside of bars, right. locker rooms, and cleaning it up and putting it on the air. And the successful ones last a long time doing it. And he was, he was terrific. Yeah. I'm going to get this for you. I don't think you're going to like it, though, Andy. It is a three-pound Reese's peanut butter oh, cup saw that. pie. It's What's the calorie a- count? <laughs> 7,800? <laughs> it's, it's both at the same time the most glorious thing I've ever seen and also the most horrifying. Yeah, yeah it's, I- it's, it's massive. It's pretty much a pie, but it's a giant Reese's cup. Yeah, they, they suggest cutting it into 48 pieces. Uh, I don't know how you do that, but uh, yeah, it's... It, it's uh, fortunately, I, I like chocolate and I like peanut butter. I just don't like them together. The darndest thing I've ever heard, Andy, because they are it's great together. Is. I know. All right, Andy, always good to talk to you. And uh, hey, just you know, keep your ear to the ground on those rumors. That could just be all scurrilous. I don't know. But you never uh, know. Might work out. It. Sounds good to me. Okay. See you, bud. Talk to you. There Bye. you go. 
Let's end on this. If your kid or your self wants a PlayStation 5 for Christmas, good luck. Headline, Sony is cutting production of PlayStation 5s by 1 million units and expects shortage issues to last through 2022. They say that the production issues are related to a number of things. Of course, supply chain, computer chips, and on and on and on. But basically, this is the way it's going to be for quite some time. I think when it's all said and done, the pandemic is going to have a four to five year footprint on fucking everything up. And by the pandemic, I mean both the virus and most importantly, government's utterly inept, completely ridiculous responses to the virus. Four to five years before things are back to normal, if we ever are back to normal in certain ways. Now, look, I know that getting a PlayStation 5 is not exactly your most pressing concern. Probably getting your kid back in school and not being tested a million times and being taken out of school, in school, out, mask on, mask off, all of that. That's what's important. But still, PlayStation 5 is just one more indication of how far we have yet to go. Sony cutting production by a million units. Reminds me of when some of the earlier game consoles came out in such limited supply, and it was on purpose by Nintendo. There's been whole books written about this. They figured out, hey, we can make a lot of these, but then everyone would get one. They'd be like, all right, it's a video game. It's great. Okay. You got, do you got a Nintendo? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it. But when you had a limited number, it was a derby to find them, and there was a craze, and people talked about them, and then they were like, all right, I got one. Now, at some point, you got to turn that spigot up so you actually, you know, make more money, which is kind of the point of everything. But that said, looks like a tough go if you want that PS5 anytime soon. That is a wrap for today. As always, thank you very much for being a loyal, dedicated listener, consumer, and somebody who is willing to offer me feedback, positive, negative, and everything in between. It helps me to keep refining and keep iterating this podcast to make it better and better and better as an enjoyable and free audio piece of content four days a week. The fifth day is going to cost you. But that's all right. You'll support the podcast. You'll feel good about it. Your five bucks, which is like a cup of coffee at Starbucks per month, you won't even notice it. Go to zabe.com slash premium, and then you can subscribe there. I think it's premium slash premium slash subscribe. Go to zabe.com. You'll see the link right there. And jump on in for five bucks a month and be a true one percenter. I thank you. Deep hands together bow for your support of this podcast. Have yourself a great Tuesday or have any kind of Tuesday you want. I'm not here to run your life. And we will see you next time. From all the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus. Double your money before you even place a bet. All you have to do is sign up and deposit using my exclusive promo code ZABE at MyBookie. Tons of great games and prop bets are always fun. Take advantage this week, but let me point you in the right direction for your first wager. Saturday, the NBA is jam-packed with big games that look good for betting overs. The Charlotte Hornets taking on the Hawks, plus a superstar showdown between Joel Embiid 
and Damian Lillard when Philadelphia travels to Portland. Don't wait any longer. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning big today. That's promo code ZABE to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.